Blog Talk Radio. If you knew your potential to live a truly divine life, you would never again choose to live any other way. Join us now on a transpersonal quest into the realms of higher consciousness and lasting personal fulfillment. Transform your thoughts, evolve your emotions, increase your intuition, and manifest a life of abundance and prosperity. It's time to discover your true destiny. Welcome to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Divine Living Today show. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode and for another step closer to a truly divine life. If it's your first time to the show, or if you're listening to the archive, um, please know that the live broadcast is um, every Wednesday evening at 7.30 Eastern Time in the 7.30 p.m., and that would be 6.30 Central and 4.30 in the afternoon Pacific Time. If you are one of my night owls in the UK, the show is at 12.30 a.m. on a Thursday morning. Um, and in Western Europe and South Africa, it's 1.30 a.m. on a Thursday. And then if you're in Australia or New Zealand, um, it would be somewhere between 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. on a Thursday morning. Of course, depending on, on which area of, of Australia you are. Um, so welcome back to all my friends and clients and colleagues all over the world. Um, it's been a fascinating journey so far on the show. And the response has been truly tremendous. Um, I'm very, very grateful um, for the way it has turned out. It's really exceeded all my expectations. Um, the the um, uh, number of listeners have grown tremendously since the first show. Um, and last time I checked, we had an av- we have an average of about 4,000 people have listened to each of the, the first four ep- episodes. So... Um, it has been mind-blowing and truly amazing, and thank you to everyone for their support um, and interest and for everybody who's been um, sharing the show with their friends and family and spreading the message. Um, uh, if it's your first time to the show, welcome. Thank you for joining me, um, and I'm sure you're going to have an awesome time with us tonight. Now, tonight's topic is um, going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about one of the first... Um, practical things that we can do to, um, or processes that we need to implement in our lives to, to, to create a truly awakened and abundant divine life. As I've pointed out in, in previous episodes, um, the, the, the show is based on um, my book, uh, Divine Living, The Essential Guide to Your True Destiny. And in the book, Divine Living, I... Um, describe different ways to to create a divine lifestyle and a divine life is basically a life of harmony and balance between your spiritual self and your human self or your physical self um, it's to find that sort of middle of the road golden um, mean um, that gives you the best of both worlds uh, that incorporates both sides of the coin um, and that is basically our main main um, goal or aim uh, in this lifetime because we all have a life plan with which we arrive on the planet and this life plan consists of two components it has a spiritual component and a human component 
The spiritual component is our sole purpose, which is our um, mission, our spiritual mission to accomplish a certain level of soul growth and spiritual expansion and development. It's basically the, the life lessons and the spiritual growth that you hope to take back with you when you return to your spiritual home. Um, and then on the other hand, we have the, the human mission that, that is uh, built into our life plan, which is our life calling. Um, we all have a life calling. It's also known as your life purpose. And that basically is your human mission, your physical reality mission. It's what you hope to leave behind as your legacy when one day you depart from the planet. Um, what are you doing to make the world a better place? And wh why are you here? Um, and what are you contributing? So we have this spiritual mission and a human mission. And therefore, we have to incorporate both sides of our beingness into our living here on the planet. We did not come to this planet to be solely spiritual or to try and be more spiritual or become more spiritual. We cannot become any more spiritual because we already are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings simply having a human physical life experience and not the other way around. Um, so we do actually come for the physical human um, a real life experience it's it's part of the whole process and therefore we have to incorporate both the the spiritual and the human um and to do this to get this balance between our two this this duality that is within each of us um there are basically five things that we need to do and that that is we need to transform our thoughts we need to evolve our emotions we need to sharpen our senses we need to increase our intuition. And finally, we need to manifest our desires. If we do those five things, then we create a divine life and we basically make the most of our mission in this lifetime. We basically ensure that we will fulfill our life plan to the best of our ability and that we will achieve our sole purpose and accomplish our life calling. Now, tonight we are looking at the first of these five things that we can do to create a divine life. And that is thought transformation, how to transform your thinking and and learn to think in a different way after you have your spiritual awakening because to achieve um, a new outlook on life is necessary to honor your inner divinity because you've been created in the image of the divine um, and because you are an expression of God or the divine or the source um, or the universal consciousness in this lifetime, you also need to think differently um, and not in the material, um, egotistical way that we have we have grown to, to do, um, especially over the past hundred years. And also, a lot of people these days are very discontented. I call it the divine discontent, which is due to the divine disconnect, which is basically because a state of reality coma that most people are in they've forgotten their spiritual origins they've forgotten their mission um they they were supposed to wake up at some point and they haven't they often miss their deadline for waking up because um they get so engrossed and caught up in in the material the material man-made um illusion that is life here on earth um and therefore 
um, a lot of people have this yearning for meaning in their life and for happiness and they don't understand why they they cannot achieve it through material things um, the more money they earn or the more success or status or or um, beauty or whatever it is that they they achieve or have or possess um, it still doesn't bring them fulfillment or happiness um, and tonight we're going to discover that happiness is actually just a choice it's a simple choice and it has a lot to do with your thinking among other things so divine living in a sense begins with a decision to redecorate the interior of your reality tunnel yes we all do live in our own unique reality tunnel and my reality tunnel is very different from yours and yours is very different from the next person um, we all have our own special unique reality tunnel um, but when you're a spiritually awakened person, you often need to redecorate the inside of that tunnel because um, there's sometimes some nasty stuff in there that needs to be thrown out and replaced with better things. And um, we do this through our thinking. So to give your reality tunnel that much-needed makeover as a spiritually awakened person, um, we're going to look at how you're going to do that. Um, we're going to talk about the fact that there's a possibility that your reality tunnel is being hacked, if you're familiar with the phrase. Um, just like um, computer hackers can hack into a computer system um, and cause all kinds of havoc and change the way things work, change software and stuff around or how things display, the same way it's very possible that your reality, reality tunnel is being hacked. Um, and we're going to look at that and we're just going to consider that. We're also going to look at how you can choose a new reality, uh, choose new ways of thinking. We're also going to talk about a big myth, especially in the self-help and the, the spiritual communities. Um, there's this myth that you know everything revolves around positive thinking. We have to think positively, um, but unfortunately, um, most of the popular techniques nowadays for mo that, that are prescribed or promoted for for uh, positive thinking they often do not work. They do not work for most people. And we're going to talk about why they don't work. Um, we're also going to talk about techniques for thought transformation. And we're specifically going to look at um, the, the most important one and the most basic one that we that you know you it's almost like a prerequisite for a divine life it, it's one of the foundations and that is to do daily affirmations so we're going to be talking about daily affirmations how to create an affirmation what is an affirmation etc and that's not all um, tonight's show is going to be a lot of fun because um, what we're going to do towards the end of the show is we I'm going to give you the opportunity to to together with me um, we're going to do a, an impromptu little workshop and we're going to be creating affirmations together so if you're interested to do that um, you have a golden opportunity now to to spend this time with me um, so get some pen and paper handy um, you can also do it on your computer, on your notepad or something, but it will probably be easier if you can just scribble. So um, get a piece of paper or a notepad or something and a pencil and um, keep it handy because you'll be needing it later in the show. We're going to be going through the steps of creating affirmations. Um, I'm also going to be encouraging you to phone in during the second half of the show um, 
to share with me any of your experiences um, or your views or to ask me questions, um, whatever whatever uh, you feel guided to do, you're welcome to call in. Um, there are There is a toll-free number for U.S. listeners on the show page. There's also a number for international listeners, unfortunately not toll-free, um, and you need an international dialing code for the USA to use that number. So it's the uh, international dialing code plus the number. And, of course, you can also, um, no matter where you are, you can dial in using Skype. Um, simply sign into your Skype account and then go to the show page next to the toll-free number on the show page. You'll see there's a little Skype icon. Just click that little button and you will then connect to the show with your with your Skype. Um, please note that you'll be placed on hold um, and you'll be able to listen to the show. Uh, I won't take your call immediately. I'll only be answering calls later in the show. So um, you, you don't need to call in now. Um, I will uh, tell you later when is the best time to call in. And I'll also then give you the numbers to dial in. So for now, you can just relax and listen to the show. Um, thanks again for everybody who's been supporting me. Please, um, once again, if you are on the show page, just click the like buttons for Facebook and Twitter, etc. Um, tweet the show, share it on Facebook, share it on your Google Plus, um, and just let other people know about the show. That would be really awesome. And also, if you want to participate in the chat room, there is a chat room on the show page at the bottom of the page. Um, please join us in the chat room. Uh, you do need to register to be able to participate. You can read the chat room, but if you want to actually um, join the conversation, you'll have to register and log in. It's very simple. Just below the chat window, you'll see there is a, a link for registration. You can very easily register with your Facebook account, um, or you can just complete the form quickly. Note you don't, ha don't have to register as a show host, so you don't have to complete the whole registration form. You just need to do the top but I think it's just your name and your password and your email. Um, and then, then you, you log in with that. So you don't need to do the rest of the form um, that is below the, 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 the top half. And um, with that said, um, it is time to start the show. Flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe. You are listening to Divine Living Today with Psychic Medium and Destiny Coach, Anton St. Martin. Nobody knows for sure what reality truly is. Of course, I mean, the, the, the philosophers and the, the scientists have all kinds of different theories of what reality is, um, how we perceive reality, um, and and whether our perception of it is accurate or not, etc. Um, you know, some people would say that reality is just a figment of our imagination. Others say that, you know, especially from a, from a, um, the current scientific paradigm, um, scientists that that have a traditional mindset. Would a Newtonian mindset would say that um, that the only thing that exists is matter. There's nothing that is unseen. Everything that exists can be measured or seen or witnessed in some form. Um, so they would say to you that that reality is real. It's physical. It's matter. It exists. It can be touched and measured. Um, and there's nothing that is invisible to us. 
Um, and then, as I say, on the other hand, some people would say that that reality is is an illusion, that it doesn't really exist. Now, somewhere in between these two things is the truth, but nobody knows for sure what that is. We are even uncertain about our own physical existence. I mean, do we really exist? Um, we know that on a subatomic level, we are all just balls of vibrating energy. In fact, your body is about 99.9% .9 empty space. Um, so, in a sense, we we don't actually physically exist. We are just vibrations. Um, but whatever your belief system or your views may be on the nature of reality and our existence as a life form, there is one thing that remains an undeniable fact. And no matter which camp you're in, whether you're in the woo-woo new age camp like I am, <laughs> or whether you are a Newtonian scientist and a total skeptic and you don't believe in anything that you can't see or touch or measure, there's one thing that we none of us can deny, and that is that we are all conscious, sentient, sentient beings. We are conscious and we are sentient. We experience, we feel, we sense. And we are even conscious of our own consciousness. Because while you are sitting there, you can actually think of yourself sitting there. When you are thinking thoughts, you can think of yourself thinking thoughts. You are aware that you are thinking. So um, this is an old concept that comes from a, a well-known, um, uh, I think, 17th century uh, philosopher, René Descartes. Um, he was very troubled by the fact, you know, he wanted to know for sure that he exists and that we that we actually are here, and that we that it's not just a dream or an illusion, and he struggled with this for a very long time. There is this myth, uh, which some say some say it's not true, but he actually got into an oven. I think he got into his oven, and he closed the door, <laughs> and he was really contemplating his own existence. And then suddenly he had this realization, and he jumped out, and he said, well, "I I think." therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. So yes, we think, therefore we are. And our awareness of our own consciousness seems to be the only thing we cannot doubt in this time-space reality. Everything else appears to be suspect. We each have our own unique perception of reality, and that is known as your reality tunnel. So what we as individual consider, uh, as an, what you as an individual consider to be your external reality, is in fact limited to your unique interpretation of your sensory perceptions, and therefore your reality channel will look very different on the inside than mine. Our observations, our thoughts, and our beliefs create a highly personal interpretation of our reality perception. And what we choose to focus on and what we choose to believe and think is what ultimately will define our reality. There's a very well-known book that was published, or actually it's an essay, published in 1902. Uh, it's over 100 years ago.
by the New Thought author James Allen. Um, now, those of you who are familiar with the books, uh, well-known books like The Secret or the movie The Secret, um, you know, some people think that those those ideas are very um, new, um, that The Secret is a very new concept or whatever, but it isn't really. Um, the Secret itself um, was based on the ideas and the, the writings of the New Thought authors of the early 1900s. So these ideas go back a hundred years, over a hundred years, well, longer than that, but they were they were put into writing and there was a movement that developed around it in the early 1900s, which was sadly drowned out by certain developments in science, which which turned the world more towards materialism and skepticism. In any case, one of these New Thought authors was known as Mr. James Allen, and he wrote a book, As a Man Thinketh. And in this book, he writes that the human mind is creative and that all our personal circumstances and experiences in life are the result of our habitual or predominant mental attitude. The outer world of circumstance shapes itself to the inner world of thought. Think about this carefully for a moment. Your outer world, your external reality, shapes itself to your in inner world of thought. And this is where we often make the mistake because we tend to think that we are merely responding to our reality. We have this given reality. It's a set thing. It's out there. It cannot be changed. The world is what it is. Reality is what it is. It's a given. And our thoughts are merely an interpretation of that, and it's merely a response or a reaction to that. And that's not the correct way to think about it. It should be the other way around. Our external reality originates from our own thoughts, because all that there truly is, is consciousness. And all these other things, material things, um, are an expression of consciousness, and are also interpreted by consciousness and experienced through consciousness. You know, the scientists, some, well, not all of them, but some scientists try and convince us that we, we are merely robots or animals, evolved, highly evolved animals, that, we, that our thoughts are merely electrical impulses or chemical signals that go through our bodies. But the spiritually aware person knows that there's more to it than that. And we know that our thoughts are energy vibrations and that our thoughts are things and that thoughts are very powerful things. We are all, you know, interconnected co-creators of the hologram of consciousness that is the universe. You can also call it the omnipresent field of consciousness. And like I think, I think last week I also mentioned this, that, you know, there's, in the scientific community, there's a general perception or belief that, or theory, that um, our brain and our nervous system generates consciousness. In other words, consciousness is somehow, your brain and your nervous system is like a, a power station that generates its own electricity. So your brain creates its own consciousness and therefore the moment the brain dies, the body dies and the brain dies, then the consciousness dies as well and we stop to exist. Now we know from 
the, the spiritual and metaphysical experiences of millions of people all over the world throughout the centuries that this is not true. There have been so many documented cases of so many different things like past um, past life regression sessions, um, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, um, all manner of things. Um, I think one of the most profound things is, is the, death, the, 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 the phenomenon of known as deathbed visions. That is also very common among people um, just before they die. You often find that people have these profound metaphysical experiences. And these things cannot be argued away through uh, the idea that our brain dies and then, we, then there's nothing left. So if our brain does not generate consciousness, then where does consciousness come from? And that is the whole point. We are, we are just physical expressions of a, a universe of consciousness, a, a conscious universe, an omnipresent field of consciousness. And we call this the universe or the, the source or God or the divine, whatever it is that you prefer to use or, or believe. Um, and because we are all co-creators and and interconnected because we are all floating in the same pool of consciousness and therefore we're all entangled with each other and with everything around us um, it always reminds me of you know that they say that our bodies are made up of some of the 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 substances found in stars or in dying stars i think i'm not i'm not too brushed up on the cosmology but it's something along those lines and it always reminds me of that. We, we are all somehow connected on some level. And it's through our consciousness. We are all the expressions of a universal mind. And therefore, every thought that you create in your mind almost produces a wave-like effect throughout the entire universe. You can think of it as, as the ripples that would circle uh, outward from a stone that has been tossed into a tranquil lake. If you toss a stone into a lake and those ripples that the stone will make on the water surface, that's how your thoughts operate in the universe. Your consciousness contributes to the universal consciousness. And therefore your thoughts help to shape, influence and expand the universe. Your thoughts are also the generators of your reality, and they therefore have the power to be the source of much abundance and well-being in your life. But sadly, they can also be the cause of much misery and suffering. So it really all depends on how you choose to think and what you choose to believe. So... If, if your current reality is not as ideal as it should be, because be very aware of the fact that you did not come into this lifetime to suffer hardship, to have a life of misery. Um, yes, we have ups and downs, and I've said this before, we do have our ups and downs. We do come from the for partly for the contrasting experiences. It wouldn't be a truly human physical adventure 
if everything was just always wonderful and hunky-dory and perfect, because that would be so boring, you would not be able to appreciate anything. If you don't know what sadness is, how will you appreciate happiness? If if you don't understand misery, how would you appreciate joy? So we do need the contrasting experiences. It's those ups and downs. It's part of the cycles and rhythms of life, and it's part of the the, the miracles of life. Um, but we, in the same uh, token, the same token, we did not come here for a continuous life of suffering and misery. Not in the least. And therefore, if your life leaves much to be desired in general and, and your, your unhappiness outweighs your happiness, you're more unhappy most of the time than you are happy, then there's definitely something amiss with your reality tunnel. And then you need to start working on transforming your thoughts because you have a right to have a happy and fulfilled life. That is what you came for. You came to achieve a soul purpose and life calling, and you cannot do those things if you're constantly in misery. That is not the purpose we came for. So what we need to do then is to, to choose a new reality. Now, often this is spontaneous. We do this spontaneously, and it happens with our spiritual awakening, which we've discussed in previous shows. Um, by the way, if you're new to the show, um, and some of the concepts are maybe uh, um, strange or unusual to you, you can always listen to the previous archives of the previous shows and then catch up with us um, so that you, you understand what we're talking about. Okay, so it's about choosing a new reality and like I say, sometimes it's, it's spontaneous. When we have our spiritual awakening, we automatically see the world through totally different eyes and we automatically, instinctively um, adjust our reality perception according to our new awareness. Um, but of course, you know, this is a good start, but, but it definitely needs, you need to build on that. Um, and that is what transforming your thoughts is all about. Now, the concept of the reality tunnel refers to the idea that each and every one of us create and perceive objective reality in our own unique and subjective way and it is basically it's based on your own belief system as well as your sensory perceptions and it depends a lot on how sharp your senses are and also your social conditioning your cultural background and your personal life experiences so as you can see it's basically based on all this man-made stuff And your reality tunnel is your unique world that you live in. And it is your personal interpretation of your perception through your senses. And it is shaped by your personal beliefs and your experience filters. Uh, a very important proponent of the concept of the reality tunnel was a philosopher known as Robert Anton Wilson. And he said, very very well-known quote and one of my favorites. He said, we believe what we see and then we believe our interpretation of it. We don't even know we are making an interpretation most of the time. We think this is reality. 
Since you are the only one who perceives your reality, you are also personally and solely responsible for all your life experiences and for how you respond to each of life's obstacles and challenges. It's important to realize that happiness is nothing more than a simple choice or decision. So if you want to change your life for the better, you need to make the decision to recreate or redecorate the interior of your reality tunnel. You need to give it that much needed makeover. And that is what thought transformation is all about. It's about throwing out all those old thought patterns, those false beliefs, those conditioned fears that you were taught by others, and all the negative self-talk that, talk that you've internalized. Because the moment other people started talking negatively to you, you took over and you incorporated it into your own mind, and you started talking negatively to yourself. So redecorating your reality tunnel is about replacing old thoughts, negative thought patterns with positive thoughts, changing false beliefs into optimistic ideas, removing those conditioned fears and replacing them with uplifting mental activities, and just stopping all that negative self-talk uh, and, and, re and replacing it with a renewed zest for life. When you change your reality tunnel from the inside out, it will change your life. There's nothing more to it, and nobody else can do it for you. So it's all about you and how you choose to think and what you choose to believe. But now the question comes, your reality tunnel, how pure is it truly? This perception that you have of your reality, you, you might even think that you have a very good way of thinking about things and that your perception is very pure and that you, you've basically got it all together, you know, and that you've got your head screwed on right and you've got a, you've got a good head on your shoulders. But con reconsider for a moment. Think about it. Is your reality tunnel currently where you are in your life? Is your perception of your reality a pure version of your strongest personal spiritual conviction and connection? What you believe spiritually, do you believe things that you have come to through second-hand sources? Is it what you've seen other people preach or practice? Or is it through your own spiritual first-hand experience? Did you come to these realizations about your spiritual beingness or your belief system for that matter? Did you come to it through direct first-hand personal experience or is it based on what other people told you or what you read somewhere? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to listen to other people's ideas. I mean, that wouldn't make sense if I would say that. I mean, why would I do a radio show and, and expect you to listen to it if, if you're not supposed to take anything seriously that I'm saying? But everything that you hear and read should always be tested for yourself on, on the deepest intuitive level. Through your intuition, through meditation, through prayer, through contemplation, through further study, whatever it takes, through your spiritual practice. Um... 
Because that is how you come to true personal conviction, is through that direct personal knowingness. And that's where a lot of people miss the boat, because they lend out their ears to everybody else. Um, it's interesting you see it these days um, a lot on social networking sites, how people are sometimes forcing their ideas upon others and and almost sometimes get upset if you don't want to share their views. Um, I try not to participate in those debates because they're just aggravating. Um, we never, never all going to agree exactly. We're not supposed to agree about everything. Try not to be too influenced by everybody else's ideas. As long as whatever it is that you think and believe doesn't harm anybody else. Um, but if, it, if you start make what you believe and what you think be, starts becoming a problem for other people or a negative experience for other people, then, then, there's, then you know, that, that's, that's something that, that doesn't fly. But um, what you think and what you believe is 100% your business as long as you don't harm anybody else in the process. Just do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So the question of how pure is your reality tunnel goes back to the idea of have you ever thought that maybe the way you see the world has been taught to you and that it's not the, really the way it is? We see this often with, with prejudice, with hatred, when people, you know, this group hates that group, it's the in-group and the out-group, and this is group think, and my values are correct and yours are not, my God is better than yours, my politician is better than yours, or my political party, my country is better than yours, um, women are better than men, men are better than women. Um, you know, we have all these ideas about different races. Some races are better than other races. Um, these are all ideas that we've been somehow taught. So your reality tunnel, is it possibly being shaped by somebody else's political agenda? Or by some corporation that funds research? And you might ask, what are you talking about now? Well, think about it. You know what? In the in the in the fifties, the forties and fifties, I think, it was actually fashionable to smoke cigarettes, and there were actually many scientists that did research and proclaimed cigarettes to be very health, good for your health. They even described it as pure as water in some of the advertisements. Um, uh, there was one brand of cigarettes that actually um, their advertising slogan mentioned the fact that most medical doctors prefer their brand, smoke their brand. It was advertised that way. Now, um, and the research also supported it, the research at the time that smoking is good for your health. Um, and who funded that research? Now, this is a very obvious example, but there are many others. There are many things that we believe about medical science, uh, all kinds of things, um, because we've been told that this is what research tells us and this is what science tells us. Um, but who has funded that research and what do they stand to gain from it? So that's another example of how our reality tunnel is being shaped by other, the agendas of others, usually for material gain, for some sort of greed um, or, or um, hunger for power. Then there's religious dogma. You know, it, 
as a spiritual person myself, I'm very, very open to any religion, as long as it's not harmful to anybody. Whatever it is that you believe, whoever it is that you pray to, that's great. It's wonderful. Um, the more diversity, the better. Diversity is growth and expansion. Um, sameness and, and um, uh, you know, all thinking in the same way and being the same is a form of death. But when we are all diverse and we are all unique in our outlook in life, we grow, we expand, we, we bring new things into the world, we innovate. So diversity is great. And diversity in religion is wonderful. Because in the, at the end, if you look at all the major world religions, um, they all share the same basic principles or values or, or beliefs. You know, um, it's just the gods differ, or the the way of of um, um, worshiping is different, or whatever the case may be. So religion is awesome, but religious dogma is not, because what happens with dogma is that people start using their religion to control others, or to somehow find gain in it for themselves. The moment religion becomes about the ego, about material gain, or about uh, political agendas and things like that, then it becomes a problem. You know, I have very personal first-hand experiences of, of this in, in the country that I grew up in here in South Africa. For many, many years, for several decades, the the political system in my country, known as apartheid, was supported by religion. The mainstream the religion um, or um, churches in the country um, supported it. Not all of them, don't get me wrong. There were a specific few that supported the powers to, that be at, of the time. And they supported um, racial segregation and discrimination um, through religion and through religious scripture. It was supported. It was supported from the pulpit. It was preached on Sundays. So that's just one extreme example of how religion can be used to shape your reality tunnel and it's not for the sake of your spiritual salvation. It is for the personal gain or political gain or material gain of others. Another thing that, that shapes our reality tunnel is the mass media. Um, a lot of the stuff they feed us in, on television and in the newspapers and the magazines, it's not, it's, a lot of it is not even fully the truth. It's always an interpretation of the truth. It's always a reflection of their reality tunnel. Um, but, but we so often lap it up. We, we just believe it all. You know, we believe what we read. We believe what we see based on what the way it was presented to us through other people's interpretation. And there are always more than one side to a story. Always. But you will, you will watch the same news item on different news channels and you will see a different version of it, a different interpretation of it, depending on who was broadcasting that news, um, who, who is on that channel and what, what corporation they are connected to and what political party or um, what their agenda is. Um, you know, the way a tabloid newspaper would report on an event that happened with a well-known celebrity will be very different from a very sort of stiff, upper lip, um, tight-collared, um, you know, Wall Street newspaper, for instance. It's all about the agenda. It's all about what they stand to gain from it. Um, and in the end, it all boils down to material gain, because news stories are presented in such a way that people will actually 
watch their shows or buy their newspapers. Um, you can't blame them. They, you know, they, they, they just do what they do for a living. But unfortunately, it doesn't always serve our greater good. Um, and therefore, um, I personally avoid most of the mainstream media at all cost because it's just a pointless exercise um you you know you become just totally depressed if you if you expose yourself to it too much and in several years it's made no change to my life that i don't read newspapers anymore i'm not any worse off and interestingly enough all the great important news that does directly affect my life it always comes to my attention i always know about it i trust the universe to bring it to me i don't have to go out and look for it then, of course, there are the conspiracy theorists, and there are so many of those as well. You know, we are being threatened by so many invisible threats out there. And um, that's, this is now the opposite side of the coin. There are people out there that believe that somebody's out to get us at all times. Um, and this has a lot to do with the whole concept of the, the external versus the internal locus of control. And what that means is, when you have an external locus of control, your whole outlook on life and your attitude towards life is basically that you have no control over anything, that you are a helpless victim, and that everybody and everybody, everything else is to blame for everything that's wrong with your life, or everything that bad that happens to you. You either blame God, you blame the government, you blame other people, you blame your family, your friends, your co-workers, your employer. There are so many things that can be blamed. You can blame the weather, you can blame evil entities and demons in your house, you can blame alien, alien extraterrestrial threats out there that remain invisible and never show themselves. Um, you know, there are so many things that you can blame. You can blame the church, you can blame the economy. You can blame so many things. Um, and sure, some of these things are real. Some of these things are true. But you are not a victim of your circumstances. None of us are. You are free. You are born a free being. You are a spiritual being having a physical life experience. And you were born free. No matter how I grew up in a country oppressed by a government, a country riddled with violence, um, one of my first memories as a child um, that had to do any, with anything adult-like, it was my knowledge of people being killed by terrorist acts and things like that. We grew up with those things. We grew up in a very violent society, and it still is a very violent, crime-ridden society nowadays. But I don't see myself as a victim of it because I live beyond that. I live above that because nobody can enslave me. I am free. You are free. Nobody can take your, the freedom of your consciousness away from you, no matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter who the government is. It matters what happens in your mind. It's about what you think. It's about what you tell yourself all day. That is what's important. You stop worrying about the government and the church and the aliens. Start worrying about what's going on in your own mind because that is where the key to your freedom lies. And nobody can enslave your mind. They can take away your physical material possessions. They can take everything from you. They can, they can even strip you bare 
They can shave off your hair. They can imprison you. They can do all kinds of things to you, but they cannot take the freedom of your mind while you are alive and breathing and conscious in this physical time-space reality. Your mind is free. And that is the beginning point of everything, no matter where you are in the world or what your situation is. So reconsider. Is your reality tunnel a true reflection of your personal belief system based on your personal spiritual conviction? Did you come to these conclusions through your dreams, your meditations, your prayers, your contemplation, your study, or and your personal physical experience of these things? Because many of these things we also experience firsthand. Or is it based on somebody else's agenda? Or is it based on something you read on a social network? Or is it something that you learn from popular culture? Um, do you believe that the only thing that's important in life is material status, material riches, wealth, and, and the whole fame and fortune myth? Um, do you also believe that life is supposed to be a struggle, that we are just evolved animals and that we are here to compete with each other for limited resources because there's not enough good to go around? That's what we tell ourselves because that's what other people tell us. We have to fight because there's not enough for everyone. So we have to compete and, and we have to push each other out so that we can have more for ourselves. Meanwhile, around the corner, they, they dump tons and tons of, of crops, food into the ocean at times because the price has dropped because they had too good a season and then, then there's too much maize or there's too much corn or there's too much this or that or the other and they, they drop it somewhere, um, dump it somewhere because there's too much and it affects the price in a bad way. It's not true that there's not enough for everyone. There is enough for everyone. It's just that some people are hogging more of it. That is where the problem lies. So don't, don't just believe things that that so many people take for granted. Question things. And I'm not saying be a negative person, skeptical, and go around and be bitter and negative about everything. I'm just saying have a healthy outlook on life and don't just accept everything that, that other people tell you. So consider that while you may believe that you are creating your own reality, you may actually be creating someone else's version of reality without realizing it. And you may be shaping a reality or worldview for yourself that have been planned for you by others. Because we all watch the same propaganda on television. We all go and see the same ap apocalyptic movies. We read the same brainwashing newspaper reports. Um, and how clear and pure are reality tunnels really? Are you mindful about what you read, watch and listen to? Are you selective about who you have conversations and relationships with. The last thing you want to do is surround yourself with negative Nellies, doom prophets, and fear mongers. I shut those people out of my life because they add no value. They bring me no soul growth. They do not, unless those people are your life calling, because some of us have the life calling to help some of these fear mongers out of their own misery. If that's your job that you came for, by all means, you know, spend your time with them because that's what you're supposed to do. But we all have different life callings. Unfortunately, one of them is not mine. Well, I don't believe that, that I'm supposed to be helping all the doom prophets and fear mongers. Um, I'm helping them through, through trying to spread some truth. 
or what I, I know as the truth. The bottom line is if you swim all day long in a reality tunnel flooded with toxic waste produced by others, you cannot expect to remain happy and healthy for very long. So consider, are you decorating the interior of your reality tunnel with fear, prejudice, violence, cynicism, skepticism, narcissism, hatred, misguided propaganda? Is that what you base your perception of reality on? Moving on to thought transformation. To create a divine life, the first major shift that must be set in motion is to change your point of view and transform the way you think. You know, we all, if you're listening to the show, I'm sure you want to transcend a possibly meaningless, ego-driven material existence, and you want lasting abundance, fulfillment, purpose, peace, and joy in your life. And you achieve that first and foremost by transforming your thoughts. You have to learn to think in a new way. Especially if you've had a profound spiritual awakening. Because spiritual awakening to overcome the state of divine disconnection, which we've talked about in previous shows, that spiritual awakening, this newfound spiritual awareness that you have because of your awakening, is pointless if it is not going to result in a new way of thinking. And you did not awaken to your, your higher self or your higher consciousness to be more spiritual or holy or ethereal or to escape your earthly reality. Like I always say, to go and sit under a tree and meditate all day. No, that's not why you had a spiritual awakening. We become spiritually conscious in order to live an awakened and abundant divine life, like I said in the beginning, a balanced life between spirit and human reality. We still need to have our feet planted firmly on Mother Earth. And this newfound awareness and way of living is what becomes the essence of our soul growth in this lifetime. So the moment you, you, you reconnect with the divine self or the higher self, and this new awareness emerges from, your, from the unconscious, you begin to see the world in a brand new light. And you become increasingly aware of many discrepancies between what you used to perceive and, and what you used to think and believe and what you now perceive. And it's about finding that balance. Now, because now you suddenly have this spiritual side of you also woken up. You're not just the human ego self anymore. The spiritual self has stepped into the picture as well. The divine self has announced itself to you, presented itself to you, introduced itself to you. And now you have to find a new balance between these two parts of you. And to do that, you need to change the way you think. Because through changing your thoughts, transforming your thoughts, you will begin to integrate the right brain with the left brain, the spirit with the mind, the unseen with the seen, the physical with the metaphysical, the secular with the heavenly, and you will bring these things back into balance and harmony. That is what divine living is all about. Now, our current global worldview 
does not support this process because we are dominated by the left brain, by the human ego. We are dominated by rational thinking, logical analysis. We have neglected the emotional, intuitive, creative side of our brain. We have also neglected spirit and the unseen and the metaphysical. Um, especially the past hundred years, more and more scientists have been telling us that your life has no meaning, there is no spiritual realm, there is not, no other dimension beyond that which, which we can see here. And many of us began to believe it. And we forgot our spiritual origins. So, we are not supported by the current global worldview, and that's why you basically need to do this for yourself and with the support of a like-minded community, like the people who listen to this show. And there are many other groups on Facebook, in your community, um, a local church, a local mediumship circle, whatever. There are many places you can go to to be supported in this process. But you're not going to find it, find it out there in the general public, so don't even bother. Don't try and find this on television or in your newspaper or at your school. You're not going to find it. Um, and therefore, you know, we have to do it for ourselves and by ourselves. You and I must become the leading edge pioneers to resolve the conflict between the conditioned human ego or the material self and the divine or the higher self. And by changing our thinking, we break the patterns of the ego's negative self-talk and we break the stronghold that fear and false beliefs have over our daily lives. By dismantling self-limiting thought patterns and mistaken beliefs, we change our emotional responses to the world around us, which is the next major step in creating a divine life. A very popular um, spiritual author, Eckhart Tolle, writes, To be conscious of being... You need to reclaim consciousness from the mind. This is one of the most essential tasks on your spiritual journey. Very profound words. You have to reclaim your consciousness from your own mind. And that's what thought transformation is about. Because if we want to change our thoughts, we must become the observer of our own mental process. You must become aware of your own thinking by paying attention to how and what you think. And then you need to take action to change the way you think as well as change the contents of your thoughts. Now, you might be sitting there going, oh my goodness, this sounds like an impossible task because I am one of those negative self-talkers. I mean, I can talk myself into any form of negativity. Just give me half a second. You know, if, if you want to turn something into something negative or pessimistic, just give it to me and let me think about it for five seconds and I'll give it back to you and it would be totally negative and miserable. Well, all I can say to you, even if you're a natural warrior or you're very pessimistic and negative because of previous life experiences or the way you've been conditioned, know that it's perfectly achievable for you to transform your thinking. Sure, for some of us it takes a, a bit longer to break the spell of years of conditioning and negative input, but changed thinking and thought transformation can be achieved by anyone at any time. All you need to do is just start. And don't try and do it all at once. Start with just one thought at a time. Just one thought. 
choose new thoughts. You have a simple choice when it comes to your thinking. Either you control your own thoughts or your thoughts will control you. Now this choice becomes easier as you begin to dismantle your underlying false beliefs and you reconsider your interpretations of reality. It becomes very easy to start controlling your thoughts also when you master your habitual thought patterns, those bad habits that we have when we think. The more you adopt new thinking perspectives, the more you will find it increasingly easy to simply choose new thoughts on a daily basis. It's a simple choice. And as you become more aware of your thinking habits, you will also find that other people's opinions and beliefs have less of an effect on you. You know, we start listening to other people because we don't trust our own thoughts or because we're not aware of our own thoughts. Then we start depending on the thoughts of others. We let others think for us. And as you begin to realize how your thoughts affect your own mood and emotions and your happiness, you will become more selective with what you choose to think. You will learn which thoughts serve your well-being and happiness and which thoughts are a waste of time, of, of, a waste of time and energy. You will find that you increasingly choose those thoughts that express compassion, kindness and unconditional love towards yourself, others and your environment. How you view and interpret your world will become a conscious choice, opting mostly for happiness and joy. You know, just today I I cancelled a guest appearance on a radio show because of this. I live very strictly according to my intuition, and th this this appearance was arranged a long time ago. But then, in the meantime, they've all kinds of new arrangements were being were being presented to me. Uh, I was confronted with these new rules and arrangements and things, and it just didn't make me feel good. It it started making me feel uncomfortable and slightly unhappy. And while I was previously very excited about participating in the show, I suddenly didn't feel so happy or comfortable with it anymore. And I cancelled it. Simple as that. And it's not because I'm avoiding something or because I'm um, trying to prove a point or anything like that. It's simply a matter of I do not do things and involve myself with people, places, or situations that do not add value to my divine lifestyle. I do not read or watch things that take away from my happiness or joy. I do not spend time with people who bring me down or try and poison my mind with all their fears and their false beliefs and their obsessions with things that that they learn secondhand from somebody else and twist it even further in their own mind. I'm not interested. And you might say, but that is, that's a very isolated life. It's not at all. I have lots of friends. I have lots of people I talk to on, on a daily basis, but they're all like-minded people. We don't all think alike. We often differ. We even have arguments and discussions and debates. That's fine. But they all come from a good place. They don't, try and push their strange views and stuff on me um, to simply to justify themselves or to convince themselves sometimes that what they believe is true. It is all a matter of choice. Um, and it sort of reminds me of that saying, you can, you can choose your 
friends, but you can't choose your family. Family, of course, is a different story, but, but we won't go into that right now. Wallace D. Wattles, also a very prominent New Thought author, he wrote in The Science of Getting Rich, to permit your mind to dwell upon the inferior is to become inferior and to surround yourself with inferior things. To permit your mind to dwell upon the inferior is to become inferior and to surround yourself with inferior things. So if you want an inferior life and you want to be surrounded by inferior things, then simply let your mind dwell on those inferior things because what you think is what will become your reality. On the other hand, to fix your attention on the best is to surround yourself with the best and to become the best. Let your mind dwell on the best and the good things in life and surround yourself with the best things and you will become the best. And with that, I'm going to take a quick break just to have some water. And um, after that, we're going to go on and talk about positive thinking. Now, you might say, oh, but now he's going to contradict himself. He's been telling us we need to change our thoughts. I need to think differently. I need to redecorate the interior of my reality tunnel. And now he's going to tell us that positive thinking doesn't work. Well, give me, give me a moment. We'll get to that and you will see what it's all about. Is your life in need of a makeover? Do you need real answers and meaningful insight into the past, present, and future? With psychic medium and destiny coach Anton St. Martin, you can discover your true destiny and transform your life. Anton offers a leading-edge consulting service that is available internationally by phone or video conferencing. What are you waiting for? Contact Anton today at AntonStMartin.com. Your life will never be the same. Awaken your higher self and accomplish your true life calling. You are listening to Divine Living Today with your host, Anton St. Martin. Right. Positive thinking. Now, I find this a lot with, with my clients and my students. They, you know, they come to my workshops or they, they, they book a session with me, a private session, and they complain because, or they ask questions, they're confused because many of them have read and studied numerous self-help books. Many of them have attended a range of workshops and seminars and courses to improve their ability to think more positively in whichever form it's presented. Sometimes these come wrapped in, in the package of a law of attraction workshop, things like that. But basically, to think more positively and to be more optimistic. But then, these books or these workshops doesn't work for them. It maybe helps for a while, or it doesn't help at all, or whatever the case may be, but it does not make a lasting difference in their lives. And I've seen the evidence of this for several years. Popular techniques and methods for positive thinking do not always work for everyone. 
I'm not saying all the techniques don't work or that that it doesn't work for everyone. That some people, you know, some people do get results. But I'll tell you now why they get results. Um, and oddly enough, even for some people, some individuals that attempt to force themselves to think more positively, especially when they're extremely unhappy or really miserable, and now they're being told, told that you need to pull yourself together and think more positively, can actually make things worse instead of better. Because, I mean, you set yourself up for failure. That's the last thing you need if you're already miserable. You don't want to have failure on top of that and feel that you are a total loser because you're not capable of mastering this art and science of positive thinking. So the question is, why do these positive thinking techniques and methods not always work so well for many people? And the reason is, because it is pointless to try and cultivate a new attitude or a new life perspective that is more hopeful, optimistic and positive without the support of an underlying belief system. You need spiritual awareness and you need a reconnection with your divine self. Only the moment that you come to the realization that you are a spiritual being having a physical life experience and that you in this life are just an expression of your divine self, your divine origins, only when you have that realization and you start believing that there's more to you than your physical body, than who you see in the mirror every day, only then will positive thinking techniques start to work for you. Without a true spiritual awakening, positive thinking is a tall order for most souls. Many self-help strategies and techniques fail to produce results because they have no spiritual backbone. And the problem with these techniques, these positive thinking techniques, is that they attempt to reconstruct your individual worldview and your beingness by tinkering and fiddling with your ego or your false self. You know, they, you, you take your, your existing false self, your, your human ego, and you, you try and think more positively about that. And about how that ego sees the world. If you remain in the reality coma and under the, the semi-conscious spell of the ego that is created by divine disconnection, you will always tend to regress back to, to your old conditioned false beliefs and negative thinking habits. When we are not spiritually aware and we don't acknowledge our spiritual beingness. In other words, you have no belief in the unseen, in the spiritual realm, in the metaphysical. If there's no spiritual belief, then you regress back to your conditioned false beliefs and negative thinking habits. And you remain a slave 
or a devotee to the negative ideas and pessimistic views that have been taught to you by your parents and your school and the church and popular culture and public opinion and conspiracy theorists and the mass media and and all the inevitable bad experiences that sometimes come with modern day living. All these things that have happened to you in your life, they control what you think, not your spiritual essence. To change the way we think about our lives and our world, we have to begin with an increased spiritual awareness and a realignment with the divine self. Because the moment you become realigned with your divine self, you are reminded of your life plan and you become more aware of your soul purpose and your life calling. And then you start getting direction in your life. You start getting meaning and purpose in your life. You suddenly realize why you came here. You remember what your spiritual mission was in the first place. And once you're on a mission, it's very easy to start thinking positively because you've got something to work towards. You've got something to look forward to. You've got direction. You've got purpose. You've got meaning. And you will not find that meaning in wealth, in fame, in status, in all the material trappings of the world. You will not find it there. And therefore, you might be the richest, most attractive, most successful, most powerful person in the world doesn't mean you're going to have positive thoughts. We have to be reminded of our innate divinity and our spiritual origins, who and what we truly are and why we came here. Because without a spiritual religious belief system, we remain trapped in the nihilism, the meaninglessness of our postmodern material existence. Topped up, of course, with all the Newtonian physicalism, Newtonian science that tells us that that there is no spirit, there is no there is no metaphysical. Because a lot of things that we are told through through skeptics and through scientists is that the things that 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 give meaning to our lives are not real. They're imagined, they're illusions, because they can't be measured through science. Um, and it makes you negative. You can try as many positive thinking techniques as you wish, but you know, with that constant onslaught, um, it's just a very difficult thing to, to, to stay positive and have, especially in this day and age. So there can be no true positive thinking and optimism for the future without a spiritual basis or some form of metaphysical awareness. Without spiritual connectedness, any self-help strategy or positive thinking technique is nothing more than a temporary band-aid for a much larger problem. So you go to that positive thinking workshop or you read that positive thinking book and it makes you feel better for a day or two because it was a little band-aid that you put on your bruised knee. But it's not going to give you lasting solutions. You need to back it up with spiritual backbone. And therefore, I also recommend in my book, Divine Living, that it would be best not to attempt to master any of the thought transformation techniques that I have in the book, unless you feel truly spiritually aware and reconnected with the divine self. 
it's very simple. With, when it comes to transforming your thoughts, and especially when it comes to adopting positive thinking, you must believe to achieve. You will not achieve if you do not believe. You must believe to achieve. That is why positive thinking often doesn't work. Now, if you have not yet had your spiritual awakening and you think, what is this guy talking about? Trust me, you will have it. The fact that you are listening to this right now is an indication that you are on your way there. Some of us have it spontaneously, instantaneously. Some of us have, have a spiritual awakening through a very profound, traumatic life experience, like a near-death experience in an accident or severe illness or some trauma. Um, some of us just read something and suddenly we have an awakening. You know, I had a friend, I remember I had a, a friend in college. We were in a band together, believe it or not. <laughs> and... Um, I remember he was studying, I think he was studying physics, and he was a total atheist, and one day in a lecture on atoms or something, um, something about Einstein and atoms or whatever, he was sitting there staring at his textbook in class and suddenly had the realization that there must be more to the universe than what these people are teaching them with the intricacy of the design of the universe and all of that. And he just had the most profound, in that moment, had the most profound spiritual awakening. So it comes to people in different ways. Um, and some people's, for some people, it's a process. It's a gradual thing. It's like sometimes those people are maybe more lucky because they're sort of warm to the situation very slowly and it doesn't hit them over the head all of a sudden, especially if, if it comes to you in, a, in almost a negative or painful way. So if you, are, if you feel unsure whether you've had your spiritual awakening or whether it has happened or will still happen, it could even be that it's already happened. You're just not fully aware of it or it's in the process of happening. Especially if you're listening to this and you're still listening, you haven't stopped listening after a minute, then it's very likely that you are either awakened or you very fast to getting there. So just be patient because sometimes you just you just you will find more signs and synchronicities. You, you for instance, might come across my show. You'll listen to part of it. Then t tomorrow you'll bump into somebody that will say something to you at work, and then somebody will will lend you one of their books, and and then you will come across something you see on the internet and whatever. And before you know it, all these things click together in a puzzle, and you have this profound realization, and you remember your spiritual origins and where you come from. Now next I want to talk about daily affirmations, which is one of the main thought transformation techniques that is used all over the world. Um, it is a technique that was, um, to my knowledge, I'm speaking under correction, but to my knowledge it's, it's a technique that was made world famous or very popularized, um, I think in the 1980s, by... Um, a spiritual teacher by the name of Louise Hay. Um, very popular technique because it's effective. Um, and this technique is used by people all over the world on a daily basis. Of course, with differing levels of success depending on how it's implemented. Now, there are many other um, thought transformation techniques in my book. 
But um, I'm not going to delve into all of them with the show tonight. So I'm just going to look at the daily affirmations. But there are very various other ones as well. So when you get the book, then you will be able to to, to um, implement those in your life as well in your daily practice. So daily uh, affirmations. They are the simplest way to begin your journey towards lasting thought transformation. And all you need to do is just incorporate some of these daily affirmations into your spiritual self-care routine. So what is an affirmation? An affirmation is a verbal statement that is deliberately designed to be repeated with conscious awareness on a regular basis. Very simple. Nothing complicated about it. It sounds much more complicated than it really is. It is a verbal statement that is deliberately designed to be repeated with conscious awareness on a regular basis. Now, an affirmation can relate to any aspect of your life, and they are typically very simple and straightforward. They don't need to be complicated. Um, A few examples of affirmations could be something like, I am confident. That's an affirmation. Or, I am at peace. Or, I am worthy of love. Or, I love myself for who I am. Or, I am healthy and happy. Or, everything I do is successful. Or, I am in perfect health. Or, I am free from addiction. Or, I have faith in today. These are all, you see, simple three, four, five word statements um, to change your thinking. And these affirmations can be introduced into your lifestyle in any way you choose. For instance, you can can incorporate them into your daily meditation or into your creative visualization exercises. All of this stuff... uh, by the way, is covered in in my book, Divine Living. Or you can create a simple ritual. Um, Many of my clients um, use this. Um, Like, for instance, lighting a candle. Get a candle. It's your affirmation candle. Every day you light your candle and you say your affirmations while you do them. Um, Your affirmations can be incorporated into your prayers. If you do daily prayers because of a certain religious belief system that you have, incorporate your affirmations into your prayers. Because prayer is actually also a form of affirmation. Uh, Personally, I do my affirmations as part of my morning routine. Um, I do daily meditation. I have to. I have no choice. Um, And I also do energy clearing and psychic protection exercises because of the work that I do. And then I also incorporate my, my affirmations into this. Um, I work. I find that it works best for me that way. But you don't have to do it that way. There are so many ways that you can do it. Um, find a method that suits your personality and lifestyle. Um, otherwise, it won't become a, a lasting part of your of your routine. So, whatever you choose to do or how you choose to do it, just make sure that your affirmations are repeated frequently. It's pointless to do it just for a few days or once in a while. You have to do it very frequently. And my recommendation is that it should be done, ideally, on a daily basis. Even twice daily, if you can manage it. 
Um, and also to get the best possible results, you have to involve as many senses as possible when you repeat your affirmations. So get your get all your five senses involved as much as possible. For instance, say them out loud. Don't just think them. Say them out loud. Um, maybe not a good idea to do this at work <laughs> or whatever, but say them out loud. You know, when you are private, so that you can hear them, so that you use your auditory sense. To, to hear them. You can write them out on flashcards and put them up, put them next to your mirror where you shave or or put them on the fridge door. If you love food as much as I do, you will see them a lot. So put them on your fridge door um, because then they become visible. Um, you can also put them into your um, um, your vision board, which is one of the manifesting techniques that that I discuss in Divine Living. You can... Uh, do all kinds of things to make them more sensual, that you can perceive them through your senses. Even writing them out on a daily basis, physically writing them involves your sense of touch. So there are many ways that you can, can do this. Um, or, for instance, get, get a scented candle for each of your affirmations. Um, let's say you have three or five affirmations that you that you repeat every day, get a different scent and candle for each of them. Uh, one is cinnamon, one is rose, whatever, and they all represent certain things to you in your life. Because smell is very powerful. So that is another thing. So every time you light the candle and you get the scent, you repeat the affirmation. Um, so how does affirmations actually work? I mean, what is the, the idea behind it? Simply put, we need to we do it to change our thinking habits because most of our destructive negative thinking habits or patterns center on criticism of ourselves and others as well as fear and guilt and pessimism the key in all this is not the content of those negative thoughts that that tend to dominate our daily thinking but the fact that those thought patterns are habitual they are habits. So it's not really so important what these negative thoughts are, what the content is, but the fact that they are habits that you repeat on a daily basis. So the logic behind the use of daily affirmations is that the affirmations are intended to replace your old negative thinking patterns and false beliefs with new thoughts about yourself and about your life and about the universe. But for those new thought patterns to become a new habit, to replace the old habit, they must be repeated frequently until they become a habit. Because you see, we cannot, we cannot get rid of a habit. Um, they say, for instance, when you stop smoking, you can't just stop, you can't just quit smoking. It's a habit. You have to replace it with something else. You can't quit a habit. You just can replace it. So that's why they would often say, if you want to quit smoking, start eating sweets or get prayer beads or there's all kinds of things that they say. You, know, you wear patches, whatever. So you need to replace the old habit with a new habit. And that's what we do with daily affirmations. We take all those old and negative thoughts and false beliefs. We chuck them out and we replace them with new ones. And we repeat it regularly on a daily basis until they become the new habit. Because remember, those negative thought patterns didn't just jump out of nowhere. They were created over a very long time. Habits established themselves over a certain period of time. And it takes 
just as long, if not longer, to replace it with a new habitual pattern. And that's the logic behind daily affirmations. Because, you know, because of um, our material existence and the fact that we often get so caught up in it, we have we have we fall into the habit of of recreating the negative aspects of our daily existence over and over and over in our thoughts because we keep focusing on how things are now um, and not how we envision them to be tomorrow. We obsess all day long about everything that is wrong in our lives and we tend to focus most of our attention on the negative aspects in our day and then we are very surprised to wake up the next morning and find that everything is still exactly the same because what you think and what you focus on is what becomes your reality. Remember that your thoughts are things. Thinking is a creative act. When you think, you are creating. By focusing constantly on the negative things in your life, you will get stuck in a vicious circle of recreating the same reality over and over and over again. And sadly for some people, they're not only stuck in the cycle of their existing life, but they also indulge in additional destructive thinking patterns and false beliefs imposed on them by others which only serve to create, attract, and manifest more hardship and misfortune and suffering into their lives. And that is the whole idea with affirmations. So the reason we would have a daily routine of repeating these affirmations is threefold. There are three goals or three reasons why we would do this. Firstly, we do affirmations as a form of subconscious programming. And what that means is that you are basically using those affirmations to brainwash yourself. Yes, you heard me right, to brainwash yourself. Because remember, you've been brainwashed by all these false beliefs and negative ideas that you've been taught and conditioned through a lifetime and all these bad experiences you had in your life. Now you have to decondition yourself and learn a new habit. And the only way to do that is to brainwash yourself into it on both a subconscious and conscious level. It's better than the brainwashing you get in the mass media and other places. You know, I would much rather be brainwashed by my own affirmations than by somebody else's ideas of what I should believe. So, if we perceive something often enough and with sufficient repetition over and over, it becomes ingrained in our subconscious mind and eventually it will transform your daily thinking. So we have the ability to program our own mind into believing this affirmation that we state, this, this statement that we make. Um, because, you know, your mind, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality or fantasy. So when you imagine something, your mind believes that it is true that it's actually happening. So that's the first reason we do affirmations, is to program ourselves subconsciously to brainwash ourselves. The second reason is that it is a form of thought substitution. In other words, we are substituting our negative thoughts with positive thoughts. The only truly successful way to change any habit is to replace it with a new and better habit. And that's what a daily affirmation is. They are thought substitutions or replacements that are repeated on a regular basis until they become the basis for a new habitual thought pattern. 
a thought pattern that would hopefully hopefully be more uplifting and positive and confident. The ideas, therefore, that we at, at first we say and think these new ideas consciously and deliberately through repeating them until they become automatic habits. And we have then cultivated a lasting new outlook and attitude towards life and have adopted a new way of being in the world. So that's the second reason, thought substitution. So we do affirmations to substitute our thoughts and also to program our subconscious mind. And then the third reason why we do affirmations is that we use it to manifest our intentions. Because remember, we spoke about this in previous shows as well, that when we come into this time-space reality, into a human form, we basically give up most of our metaphysical ability. Um, we come from a place of spiritual beingness where we had much more metaphysical, spiritual power or ability. But we give most of that up so that we can have this human physical experience because otherwise it would be pointless um you cannot be truly human if you have all these if you're a spirit you can't remain in spiritual form and have spiritual powers or abilities if you if you're in human form but we don't give up all of it and like i've explained it before i always liken it to clark kent who is actually superman but but he's not allowed to be superman because he has to be be clark kent during the day a newspaper reporter doesn't mean he's not doesn't still have his powers. He just is not able to use it all the time. And also, um, Harry Potter. Harry Potter cannot do magic while he's on on holiday at back home when the school is closed for for the holidays for the summer. So then um, he's not allowed to do magic. Um, it's very similar for us. We don't give up all our metaphysical powers. We do retain some of it while we are here, but we give it up by choice and willing because we come here for this thrilling physical experience um, and therefore it's, well, it's almost pointless for us to have all these supernatural powers but we do retain some of it and one of the things we retain is our ability to manifest our wishes and desires not for selfish purposes like I've pointed out before not to enrich yourself and to be greedy and all those things but to be able to achieve your life calling because you need a certain level of physical survival and comfort to be able to accomplish your life plan. Um, if you are constantly hungry and starving and out on the street, you won't be able to achieve much as far as your life calling and your soul growth is, is um, concerned. So we're not, we don't come here to suffer hardship or poverty. Um, we, we come here to not to be rich beyond our means, but we come here to be comfortable because we have other fish to fry. So physical survival, yes, it is an important part of our daily existence. We all need to make a living, um, and that's part of the deal. But that's not all we're here for. So we have this ability to manifest the things that we need, the material things and, and uh, spiritual things that we need to accomplish our life plan. And that is what we do when we do affirmations or when we pray or when we meditate or all kinds of spiritual practice. Um, one of those things is affirmations, That one of the ways we can do manifesting. Because 
through daily affirmations, we create, attract, and manifest the things we wish for and desire. Our affirmations are powerful statements of our intent. Think of your affirmations as your magical words. Like I'm sure when you, you know you were, you were a kid, um, I used to be crazy about doing magic tricks and magic shows and stuff like that. And we used to say words like alagazam or um, abracadabra. Think of your affirmations as those magical words that kids would use when they do magic tricks. Um, your daily affirmations are basically your magic spells. They are basically your spells that you say every day. So, because thoughts and words are very powerful, they they are creative um, entities or a form of creation. Um, what you think about, what you say, is and what you focus on is what creates your reality, and it will ultimately become your destiny. The words we speak, the things we believe, and the thoughts we choose to think today will manifest as the life we will lead tomorrow. Daily affirmations, therefore, not only make us feel better in the short term by replacing our thoughts, but it also redesigns and transforms our long-term future by creating and attracting everything we need to enjoy an abundant and fulfilled divine life. You know what? The Buddha summed it up very well when he said, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. The mind is everything. What we think, we become. However, a word to the wise is necessary at this point. In my experience with my clients and students, implementing daily affirmations as a temporary measure to change negative thinking habits will not bring you lasting results. There is, and this, you know, this comes from a prevalent myth um, in the self-help um, community, in self-help programs and literature that propagates the idea that a habit needs a specific number of days to be changed. You know, you get these books that say, change your eating habits or whatever in 21 days, things like that. Um, the most popular pseudo-scientific number that, of days that, that, that is believed to, that you need to change a habit is 28 days. Uh, some experts say 21 days. Some even say 18 days. They seem to shorten it more and more so that more people would buy the book because it seems so simple, you know. I can transform my life in 18 days. Um, but the truth is that, um, you know, there was like, there was this research study um, by the University College London a psychologist by the name of Philippa Lally indicated that it takes an average of 66 days to change a habit. 66 days. This is what she found in research. This is how most people responded in the study. This was the average, 66 days. So we're talking over two months. Um, interestingly, it took some of her test subjects only 18 days. Yes, for some people, 18 days, and it, it changed. For others, it took as long as 245 days. Now we're getting close to like eight months, like, you know, we're going towards a year now. So it really is different for every person. So I guess the more pessimistic and negative and cynical and skeptical you are and how you've been conditioned through your life, the, the longer it will take for you to break this habit. Um, I guess it's very similar to a chain smoker. I mean, if you're a chain smoker, I guess it's much more difficult to quit 
than if you're somebody that just smokes socially on weekends with when you have a drink with friends or whatever. So um, it will be different for every person. And that's why you have to keep doing the affirmations frequently, daily basis, until you've changed the way you think. Until these things have become your, have become your new reality. So daily affirmations, you should think of it as a physical fitness program. It must become a permanent part of your divine living lifestyle. Just like a physical fitness program, I mean, you can go you know, to a, a gym or a health club and you can go on to a program with a personal trainer for, for four or eight or 12 week program and you can get tremendous results in a short period of time. You know, that after 12 weeks, you really can see a major difference in your physical appearance. But if you stop there and you return back to your old habits, it won't last. You'll go back to the way you were before you started training at the gym. So in order to maintain that and to keep building on that, you have to keep doing your fitness program. Um, And you also need to keep changing it from time to time because your body gets used to it. So you need to adapt to a new program from time to time to keep stimulating your body in new ways. And it's the same with daily affirmations. You cannot just do it for three or four or 12 weeks and then expect it to last forever. It has to become part of your lifestyle. And you also have to uh, chop and change and adapt it over time so that it um, brings you new um, beliefs and new thoughts. Um, Also bear in mind that all our habits whether you have a good habit or a bad habit in your life, a habit is merely a response to your needs. If you have developed a habit of of destructive, negative self-talk or pessimistic thinking, it is very likely that you cultivated it to fulfill a specific need in your life. An example I often use with clients is, it could be that your constant self-criticism offers you a sense of security because it replaces that negative voice that you used to hear as a child from an overly critical parent or partner who is no longer present. You know, if you had for many years somebody in your ear telling you you're bad and you this and you that and there's something wrong with you, um, when that person is no longer there, it's almost like you lose a part of your, your security in life. Because it becomes a part of your daily life. And then you sometimes replace it with an inner voice. You know, it, be- it becomes ingrained in your, into your soul. And then you just take over from that parent or that partner or whoever. Um, that's just one example. You know, some people um, have these self-defeating negative thought patterns because it's a way of casting themselves in a role of victim or martyr. You know, it comes back to the exterior lotus of control, like everything that happens to me is everybody else's fault. I don't have control over my life. I do not shape my own destiny. I have no say in what happens to me. Um, and so sometimes negative thinking is a place to hide. It is a, it is a way to, to cop out of taking responsibility for your own life. So, you know, if these, these are questions you need to ask yourself. Why, where does this habit that you have to think in a certain way, where did it come from? What need is it fulfilling in your life? 
or what need did it fulfill? It's the same with smoking. If people start smoking for a reason, it makes them feel a certain way or they associate it with a certain situation um, um, that made them feel good or good memory, whatever. There are many different reasons. But um, people adopt these habits because of a need that is fulfilled by it. So what is the need that your thinking habits are fulfilling in your life? Because sometimes to change your thinking habits, you first need to address the need that created this thinking habit in the first place before you start changing the thoughts. Otherwise, it won't work. So telling yourself that I am this or I am that, um, but deep down you have this underlying void or or some reason or need that you need to feed yourself these negative thoughts or false beliefs or whatever the case might be, it's, then you're pretty much putting yourself in a conflict zone because now you're trying to feed your mind positive thoughts about the future and about yourself, but there's an underlying need that is not met. So and then you set yourself up for failure. No amount of positive thinking will ever change how you think and feel about yourself and your world while your outlook on life revolves around a set of false beliefs or a nagging tendency towards lack consciousness. So are you someone who always sees the glass half empty? Affirmations can be very powerful statements of intent and personal transformation. But if you harbor conflicting false beliefs, we're coming back to your belief system that contradict the contents of your daily affirmations. You will be wasting your time and energy. If you cannot say to yourself, um, I am in perfect health, if you don't have an underlying belief system that you can affect your health through your thoughts. That's just one example. You, it's pointless to have an affirmation that says, I am materially I have material comfort or I have enough money to be comfortable it's pointless to have an affirmation like that if you don't have an underlying belief system that you're able to manifest that material comfort that you're able to achieve that in a physical way by doing something and also on a metaphysical level by creating and attracting it into your life. If you, for instance, don't believe that in the law of attraction, um, which we'll discuss more in an in in upcoming show, then it will be very difficult for you to believe your own affirmations. So that's why we sometimes need to go back to the core, to the center, to the essence of where these negative thoughts came from in the first place. Now, to get you started and to inspire you a bit, I'm going to include some of my personal favorites now, um, uh, share a few of my personal favorite affirmations. I love the affirmation, I am truly blessed. Oh, it's just so amazing. It so resonates with me. Um, I love the one, one of my favorites, I am unconditionally loved. I am pure positive energy. Oh, I love this one. One of my favorites, which I used for a very, very long time. I am free to be me. 
Another one, my life is singular, unique, and wonderful. And then one of my ultimate, ultimate favorite ones is I flow with the miracles of life. And I'm in tune with the wisdom of the universe. doesn't matter what affirmations you, you're going to use, always ensure that each and every one of them resonate with you personally on an emotional level. Your affirmations must inspire you personally and must evoke a positive feeling from you when you repeat them. So don't adopt them from books or from other people. Create your own. Um, and don't just say them mindlessly or utter them or, you know, or, you know, repeat them as a habit. No, you need to be mindful and very emotionally invested when you do the repetition of your daily affirmations. Right, after the break, I'm going to be uh, looking at um, some tips on how to create your own affirmations. You can grab your pen and paper so long. Um, and we're going to go do a quick exercise to create an affirmation. Um, and also, um, if you want to call in, that uh, you are most welcome to do that. Um, and um, I'll be taking some calls um, after this. Flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe. You are listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin.
Hello, my name is Res Miranda. If you're having relationship, career, or life issues, I'm inviting you to experience what it's like to have access to professional, highly accurate psychics and spiritual advisors you can trust to care and help you. Register now to get your free six-minute reading by telephone or chat. Get answers. Get access. Psychic access. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PsychicAccess.com. Do you long for a truly awakened and abundant new life? Divine Living, the essential guide to your true destiny, will awaken your higher self and empower you to achieve your soul purpose and true life calling. Divine Living is the definitive new guide to designing an authentic life of happiness and fulfillment. It will inspire you to change your reality and make a real difference in the world. Get your copy of Divine Living today at Amazon.com and DivineLivingBook.com. Discover your true destiny and transform your life. Welcome back to Divine Living Today with Psychic Medium and Destiny Coach, Anton St. Martin. Right, we are back. Um, we don't have much time left, so um, we can quickly try and do this little exercise. If you want to join me, grab your piece of um, paper and your pen and... Just write down a, a, a basic idea. What is the one thing that you would like to change about your life right now? Any sort of thinking habit that you have, thought that you constantly have, or something about your life that you want to improve or change or somehow make better? Um, do you want to be less stressed? Um, do you want to reduce your financial debt? Um, are you hoping to, to, to find um, a life partner or a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Something like that. What, anything in your life that you hope to achieve at this point. Now, take that thought of what you want to achieve and turn it into an I am statement. In other words, a statement that starts with the two words I am. Or you can also make it I have or I know, or I feel, or I love. Focus on what you want and not what you don't want. So, so don't say, I want this, or I wish this, or I need this, because then we start talking about lack consciousness, because I don't have it now, and I want it, and I need it, and it becomes all very negative. So don't go there. Just say, I am. Say it as if it's already true. I am, or I have, or I know, or I feel. So state your affirmation in the present tense, um, not in the future like I will be happy one day or I will find a life partner. No, state it in the present tense today. So if you want to be less stressed, you could, for instance, make your affirmation, I am calm and relaxed. Or if you want to reduce your financial debt, you could say, I have enough money. Or if you hope to find a life partner, your affirmation could be, I am in a loving relationship. Or you can make it even better. I'm in a loving relationship with the perfect partner. Now, write down your affirmation, but check it for any form of negativity. It must be a positive statement. Avoid negative terms like no or never or not. Um, it should contain words or concepts that, may, that, that, that evoke positivity, not negative associations. So, for instance, don't say something like, 
I don't have any fear. I mean, it sounds positive, but it's not really. I don't have any fear. Don't is a negative word. Fear is a negative word. Change it to, instead of saying, I don't have any fear, say, I have great I have great courage. And also don't limit yourself. Your affirmation can be absolutely anything that you want. Anything that your mind can imagine. As long as it's not coming from a very selfish place. You know, if it's from a greedy, selfish, evil place, then then maybe not a good idea. But you can have anything that you can imagine, that you can put your mind to. Um, and also when you create your affirmations, try and put some gratitude into your your affirmation so have at least one um, affirmation in your set that you repeat every day that are um, grateful and about gratitude and that has brought us to the end of our show Um, we are unfortunately out of time so with that I'm going to love you and leave you may the energy of the divine self inspire you and the light of the soul direct you Until we meet again, namaste. You have been listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. For more information about Anton's services, visit his website at antonsaintmartin.com.